Hello, and welcome to the Five Core Life Podcast with Will Moore, founder of More Momentum. On today's episode of the Five Core Life, host Will Moore sits down with John Aka, and together they discuss how to build habits and discipline in order to finish what you start. In addition, they explore the myth of overthinking as being a bad thing, and instead, they explain overthinking is actually a superpower that can allow you to take ownership over your own thoughts. It's important not to just turn off your thoughts and instead replace them with the ones that are conducive to your life and goals. They discuss how important it is to break down your bigger goals into manageable mini goals. And John shares an example of how he writes a book by writing a chapter at a time, because looking at an entire book is such a daunting task. Ultimately, you'll walk away knowing how to set the right goals that you will actually accomplish. So are you ready to fire on all cylinders? If so, let's go. Everyone has the same five core areas of their life that ultimately determine how happy they'll be. Unfortunately, most of us have developed failure habits in each, and it's Will Moore's mission to help replace those with success habits to maximize momentum. After exiting his business for a combined nine-figure sum, Will learned it's not just about becoming an entrepreneur of your career, but an entrepreneur of the most important business you'll ever run, your life. And to crush it in your life requires firing on all cylinders in your five cores by continually taking action, building habits, and maintaining balance in each. So great to meet you, man. Thanks for being on the show. Um, totally. was reading up on you a bit. You've you got some good accolades. I'll let you um, kind of boast for a moment. I know it's not something that people that end up getting a lot of success tend to like to do it usually oh, is the yeah, more, it's the, the op- worst it's, it's the, the worst it's the yeah. opposite right it's yeah, the ones yeah. that haven't done anything they like to do it so exactly. why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself um kind of how you got onto this journey of helping people and and writing these great books and speaking and helping people with goals and whatnot and about your most recent book that you just wrote Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm a writer and a speaker, which means I do two things all year. I write books and then I go speak about them. Um, I got my start. I was 15 years in corporate marketing, launched the blog that went viral, started to get some opportunities, started to get some speaking and things that kind of came out of that. Um, And for the last seven years, I've run my own business. Um, I've written seven books. I've got a new one coming out next spring. Um, and I have two teenage daughters and I live outside of Nashville, Tennessee. So that's kind of the quick. Very nice. Nashville, Tennessee. You know, that's becoming a very, very popular area. I know a friend that moved there. Um, oh, everybody's moving here. Nashville is having a moment. Like it's, we've had more kids in my kids' classes this year from California, New York, and Chicago. So they're like, we're seeing families move from those three places this year in ways I've never seen before. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think I think that uh, we've had a global pandemic and people are going, wow, I lived in 400 square feet in New York apartment. Burbs, and the right. reason I did was so I could go out in the city and the city's been shut down. Yep. And it's what it, what's happening is it, it's fast forwarding suburban kind of uh, growth. Mm-hmm. So like I talked to one of the largest home builders in the country and it's they're having their best year, their entire, their best year financially because people are going, you know what, I'm going to move out to the suburbs. I was going to do it in four years, and I'm going to fast forward it. So I think we're going to see reshaping of the country over the next 18 months to three years. It's going to be really fascinating. This is a fascinating topic to me. I've talked about this on a few other shows. Um, I want to get more into the stuff that you're doing. But while we're yeah. talking about this, let's let's use this opportunity. I, I totally agree with you. I, you know, I think that this is, you know, I like the word opportunity because it's oh, yeah. like this is, this is, sort of a reset button and there's things that have been going for quite a while in a lot of different areas uh, of the Mm -hmm. world whether it be you know the schooling system whether it be you know how people go to work the commute every day you know you're an hour to work you're an hour back you're hanging out at the water cooler it's like how much how efficient are you really being then the you know the companies are paying all this rent and these overhead and all this stuff meanwhile Mm -hmm. people are from home and they're, they're a lot of times depending on the job obviously can do it just as well. And then this move to the burbs. Um, so I'm in the suburbs in Chicago. You mentioned that mm-hmm. it's one of the places yeah. people are moving from. And I, real estate is just shooting straight up here because just like you said, everybody in the city, especially with, I'm sure you've heard nationally what's going on in Chicago with the, mm-hmm. the looting and the violence and stuff. And so obviously, you know, um, take the politics out of it. People just don't want to be in the middle of that. That's scary. Yeah. 
And so they're coming out to the suburbs and, and they're like, okay, yeah, space, yard. And if you are, and we don't know what the, this COVID's going to do, how long it's going to be around. And you need space, mm-hmm. like you said, 400 square foot apartment. Ain't going to cut it for No, not for with kids. Not with apartment. kids. You have a four-year-old. Like we're doing Zoom school right now. So you need some space. It's, yeah, I'm with you. I think there's definitely some challenging things about this. There's always challenge, but there, I say like every crisis is a classroom. Every crisis invites you to learn things you wouldn't have voluntarily learned on your own. So like one of the questions I've been helping people with this season is what would have made this season easier? Figure that out and then go build it. So having a thriving YouTube channel would have made this season easier for me as public speaking gets put on pause. Having a home studio would have made things easier. Um, So you don't mm-hmm. regret that you didn't build that. You don't beat yourself up. That's wasteful. Like regret That's is right. one of the most luxurious uses of your time. A crisis is a classroom. And a question you can ask right now is what would have made this season easier? And you figure that out and then you go build that so that you know a year from now I'll have those things. So yes. it might be having bills paid off would have made this season easier. Having real friends would have made this season easier. Knowing my neighbors, having a YouTube channel, having an additional source of income. I mean, I always tell people like, if you're an entrepreneur, you better have five to seven because some are going to get paused outside of your control. Like I had my best year in public speaking last year. Guess what I won't have this year? Outside of my control. Like there's no degree of hustle. There's no degree of motivation. There's nothing I can do to go, no, you should have 300 people in the same place in August at a live event. Like that's not happening. So I better have other things in place. And the best time to get them in place is before you're desperate for them. Like, I would much rather you go a year from now, what do I want to have in place and start to build that um, versus needing it and going, oh my gosh. It's like when somebody tells me they want to launch a book and they call me and they go, I want to launch a book like you launch books. And I go, well, when's it come out? And they go, in two weeks. That is the first step, build a time machine and go back a year. Because that's exactly gonna, right. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, so happen. that's a question I've asked and I'm encouraging people to go, okay, looking at my career, looking at my life, what are things I wish I had? And then how do I go deliberately build that? So I, I absolutely love that. And it, it, you know, it ties into the whole, I, I always try to talk, t- tell people to be a growth owner versus yeah. a fixed victim. Um, yep. it, it's my, you know, it, it's basically taking your life by the horns and it's the first core is your mindset. And if you don't have yep. that going for you, you're effed on the other four. The rest of it doesn't matter doesn't matter right and yeah. and and a proactive is a huge part of of that being and being a growth owner and having a the mindset that's going to take you to the stars and beyond versus poor me oh like you just said okay mm-hmm. so one way you could have handled it was god i just had my best year mm-hmm. just my luck now this yeah. hits now i'm gonna you know and then just sit around and feel sorry for yourself and and i think what did you, earlier you were talking about uh, i used the word dwelling what, what was the word you said is one of the worst resources that we use oh, dwelling, uh, regret. but regret, regret. regret yeah. is a luxury. Like it's one of the lu- most luxurious things we do because you're luxury. not yeah. doing anything and it's not teaching you. Like you can get a handful of lessons from the mistake you made hundred percent. People say all the time, failure is the best way to learn. I don't agree with that success. Like if you offer me success or failure as a teacher, I'm picking success a hundred times out of 100. The problem is most people when they succeed, don't stop to go, why did it work? How do we amplify that? You know, they only stop long enough in failure. So I'd much rather learn through success. Like, so when you spend a lot of time in regret, it becomes narcissistic. It becomes a pity party. It becomes all these things that aren't moving you forward. You get to blame other people. You get to blame yourself. Like, it's very, like, you get something out of it. That's a powerful question to ask is, what am I getting out of this? So, but yeah, so it's a fascinating time for us to do what we're doing, to stay motivated, to ignore kind of the fear that's so prevalent right now. Um, You know, I I saw a headline the other day that said people entering the marketplace right now may never catch up. Um, And I just thought that's, that's garbage advice, like may never catch up. You're going to tell a 25 year old, you can predict their next 40 years. Yeah. Like that is ridiculous. So I love to go, no. What are the thoughts I'm surrounding myself? Where is my mindset and how do I keep it strong? Yeah. And like you said, it's like, you gotta, you gotta go into the future. One of the biggest things that I always talked about people um, about when I'm trying to help them to like change and shine that spotlight on the things that aren't working is let's flash forward to your funeral 
And it sounds a little morbid, but it's a really good exercise. Yeah. And it's like, okay, first of all, what's your funeral going to look like now? How many people are going to be there? And what kind of things are going to be said about you if you continue on this current path within your five course? And then they said, and that's like just kind of that quick way to go, holy cow, just like you were saying, what am I getting out of this? It's like, that's a really good, another way to just sort of really quickly go, wait a minute, I'm not getting anything out of this. Why am I doing this? This is only hurting me. But it's so hard when we're not, when we don't, you know, proactively do these types of exercises and do these things to say, okay, we're already be, okay, now I can step back and go, okay, these are the changes I need to start making. And you got to make them small. You can't, you can't just try to change the entire universe at once, right? You got to do it slowly, step by step. And like you said, like if somebody's writing a book and, you know, you don't want to have it be ready. I, I learned this lesson about a year ago. I'm still writing mine. And I heard the same thing. It's like, you better start now because if you don't start building up um, people that are interested in what you're talking about and what you're doing, it's going to come out to a big thud. That's just, that's the way things work. Yeah, that's just the reality. And the, the funeral question is a great question. Um, and, you know, part of the challenge is we love this. I, I have people all the time tell me, I don't know what to work on. I want to find something that'll leave a legacy. And I think, I think that's a fine word, but I think we misinterpret it when we think, it means you have to find something that will have 200 years of impact. And I always say to that, like, well, tell me your great grandfather's name. Like, tell me what he did for a job. And people go, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. You get one generation. The 99, like my daughter walked into Costco and said, saw a Jennifer Aniston movie poster and said, oh, I thought she was just in the smart water commercials. Jennifer Aniston, Rachel, she gets one generation. So the idea that you're going to create a business that 300 years later is like, that's ridiculous. You get to impact the people in your life, the people you work with, the family, the goal, like that's who you get to impact. And so once you do that with the funeral, you're right. What are they going to say at your funeral? They're not going to go through your accomplishments. Like who's going to be there, you know? And so I like, I like to reframe that because it's sometimes again, we are like, Oh, I have to find something that for 400 years. And I saw Eddie Murphy, Somebody, a journalist was kind of trying to shame Eddie Murphy about some of his movie choices. Like your movies won't be remembered. And he was like, you think in 400 years from now, the best movie of this year is going to be talking. So you have to look at, you have to take a look at where I am right now. And you have to say, um, like who's in my life? How am I supporting them? How am I encouraging them? How am I leading them? It's the people around you. Yeah. hundred percent. And so tell me about, so you got into, you were doing a bunch of speaking. So I assume that's, it's been compounding over the years and you've been building. It didn't just start out where you're doing 300 uh, room spaces and whatnot. I'm guessing it sort of started several years ago. When did this journey of speaking and did it kind of coalesce with the books that you wrote? Did you write a few and then decide, hmm, I want to start speaking? Did you start speaking right away? I started um, in 2008. I had a blog that uh, went viral and I started to grow things out of that. And then somebody said, hey, would you come speak at our conference? And I'd never done that. But like a lot of things, you say yes and then you figure it out. And That's so right. I figured it out. Um, I did a lot of free events to, to get the repetitions. Um, yeah, and like there's, it's interesting to go, okay, well, how did you go from rooms of five to rooms of 10,000? Like there were lots of steps along the way. Um, and you never, you never arrive. That's one of those myths of like, you get beyond things. I still, you know, I'll speak to 10,000 and there's times I'll speak to 10, you know, and you go, mm-hmm. okay. So you're always going, okay, how do I, how do I stay hungry for it? How do I learn it? How it's a craft. Public speaking is a craft, just like anything else. That's right. Um, and, and you, you know, it takes repetitions and it takes relationships and it takes, it takes a lot of time, but I, I think it's the best job in the world. Like I absolutely, I can't wait for live events to return. I'm doing a bunch of virtual right now. I was going to um, ask about that. So you do, you are doing virtual events? Yeah. Tons of virtual. I've got a studio in town that I go film them out. I have a tech person. So that that's been really fun. And I've, they've been anywhere from, you know, 20 person team events to I'm doing one in sep, uh, September for 4,000 managers of this retail chain. And so it's right. different, different sizes and virtual but what's helped me is like everything you learn feeds other things that you don't understand at first so like when i decided i'm going to build a youtube channel i didn't understand doing 70 videos in an empty room will help me practice for doing a virtual event where i can't see anybody like every public speaker feeds off the energy of the crowd and you should so all of a sudden you you get paused there's no live events 
how do you like I had a French Canadian client say, hey, we want you to say this word in French. And if it if the joke falls flat, don't worry about it. I said, if the joke falls flat, I won't know. My assumption is for 45 minutes, I'm killing it because I have <laughs> right. no other feedback. Like, well, there's just, the see, now there's the positive side of that. Right. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So I'm, that's I'm what I'm. It. Yeah. So I'm just like, I've got to bring the energy like yeah. I can't wait for the energy. But that's true of like launching a book, building an Instagram account, anything. You have to have your energy here if you even dare to hope that people would get here. You have to be the one that's out front going, this is helpful. This is going to, this is going to um, encourage you. This is going to equip you. You have to be excited about it. And the problem is like authors, speakers, entrepreneurs get shy about their stuff and they go, I don't want to be over promotional. Um, I'm worried about that. And I always say to authors, like, if you, if you don't want to sell your book next time, write a diary, like put it on your nightstand. Like, but if you want to write a book that's going to go on a shelf someday in a bookstore, you have to believe in it. And if you don't believe in it yet, write a better book. But if you believe in it and you sincerely believe this will help people, to not talk about it isn't humble. To not talk about it is to be afraid. And so, like, if I have something that I think will help you, like, I wrote a book, Finish, that me and a PhD worked with 900 people for six months to figure out how do you finish a goal because 92% fail. So when somebody goes, I got this fluffy motivational book and I go, no research though, that you just made up a bunch of stuff. That's not helpful. And I can right. say, no, 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 no. I work with a PhD with 900 people to say, here's how you go from being a chronic starter to a consistent finisher. You better believe that like, if I'm on a podcast or on Instagram, I'm like, I got a book, I got a book. It's called finish. It's really helpful. It's going to crush. Like you should try it out. Like I have a calendar. If this is the calendar I use, this is my favorite calendar. You should check out the calendar. It's a wall. It's huge. I've used it for 10 years. Like if there's something I believe in, I got to talk about it. Conversely, that's why I don't take a lot of ads. When people want to put ads on my platform, like if I wouldn't use it, if it's not helpful, like I'm not going to talk about it. I didn't spend 10 years building a platform to monetize it and sell out for things that I don't really care about. But when I care about it, I'm all in. That's, I mean, that's, that's so well said, right? I mean, you, you've got to, to finish. Well, and, and I want to ask a question on top of that, but before I forget, of these 900 people you guys studied, what was, if you could say it in one or two sentences, what is the way to finish your goal? Well, I mean, I would say there's, there was a number of things we found. One is to have a goal that's the right size. Um, you talked about this a little. You don't write a book overnight. Like yep. when people are like, oh, you can write a book in a month. Yeah, you can write a sucky book in a month. That's true. You can write a crappy book in a week. Um, but it takes a while to write a good book. So like part of what happens is take fitness goals. People go, John, I'm going to start running. I'll go, that's great. And they go, yeah, I'm going to run a marathon. And I'll go, whoa, whoa. Have you ever right. run a half marathon or a 10K or a 5K? Even just a K. You ever run right. a K? Get a tiny little medal. And they go, no. I heard an Eminem song, Mom's Spaghetti. I'm going for it. Woo! Like, I'm going to get a bike. Like, I'm going to go to Conan doing the Ironman tomorrow. And we have this over-aggression, false right. optimism that cripples you before you even begin. The greatest drop-off we saw in 30-day goals, 30-day goals, greatest drop-off was day two. Day two is when more people quit than any other day. Why? Because that's when the work shows up. Day one is wish and fantasy. Right. Day two is actual work. And so that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is that they, they come up with this massive, not based in any degree of reality goal that cripples them before they even begin. Um, the second mistake they make is they get stuck in perfectionism where yep. perfectionists would rather get a zero than a C minus. Like if it can't be perfect, they won't do any. Like fitness goals, I meet people who go, I'm going to run three miles every day, but today I only have time for two, so I'm not going to do any. And you want right. to go, well, you know, two is way more than zero. Like calling five contacts, even though your goal was to call six sales contacts, like five is more than zero, but perfectionists right. get really stuck with that. Yep. So I think, I think those are two of the things. I mean, we learned a bunch. It's a whole book, but those right. are some of the things that like bubble up to the surface. Yeah. You, you don't want to give the whole book away. Check it out. That sounds like a good finish book. right here. It's available on Amazon. Finish. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to order that. I'm going to finish it. Um, if you can see the books I'm looking at right now, I'm behind on my books, which. Oh yeah. Look like at my shelves. I, I mean, I'm trying to read those. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I've got a very similar, right. I, I talk to great people like you and I always write down, you know, little notes and the nuggets. And if it's, there's a book, um, I usually order it. And so that, because I'm talking, talk, starting to talk to so many more awesome, great people, you know, these books are just adding up. So if 
but I, I, that's, that's, that's a really good one. And I want to kind of just talk to two, those two points briefly. Um, you know, the, the starting small, I call it, I have this thing, I call it the equation of life. And, uh, and basically the components consist of your belief system plus your repeated actions plus time equals who you will become. Right. So your belief system goes back to that mindset thing we were talking about earlier and basically what you start, you know, how you're going to be seeing the world moving forward. You know, are you that victim? Are you that owner? Do you believe you have everything within you to kick ass, take names and it's only a matter of time? Or are you like, poor me, my brain's broken. There's nothing I can do about it. Right. And so then that doesn't happen overnight. But you, you as you start to develop that, then these other areas, your physical, your relationships, your giving back, your, your emotional health. Um, your career and your finances, those things all start to kind of, there's like a ripple effect and they all start to kind of work together, but you can't do it all at once. Right. So you just yep. take one little step at a time, you know, and you start to change things, your repeated actions, then those actions become habits and habits are something that I'm fascinated by. And I, as I've gotten older, I've come to learn just how powerful they are. Right? Oh, yeah. that, and that we're, we're, you know, our brains are trying to conserve energy all the time. So what they do is they create these habits and habits don't care if they're good or bad, helping or hurting mm -hmm. us. They're going to do sure. their thing over time, no matter what. And so if you've developed these bad habits that your brain's using to conserve energy, they're like, okay, we got this one. We're not going to worry about that. And it's building negative momentum and it's hurting you. Then you, you just got to say, okay. And then it goes back to what we we're talking about at the top of this call, which is, you know, shining that spotlight in your life and this being an opportunity to do that. Okay. What's not working? How do I do it? But then you just you pick one or two. You don't try to do all your habits at once. You, cause you, like right now, anybody listening to this may go, wow, okay, I'm going to make a list. And you may end up having 10 or 15. That's great. So know that those are on your radar. And just by being on your radar, they're going to help. But start with one and start saying, okay, this is hurting me. I'm just going to take one small step. Like you are just saying, you know, you can't run a marathon the, your first day. I, I like to, I had this buddy and I'll never forget. He never worked out and year 2000 hit. And he's like, this is the year, baby. I'm going to get mm -hmm. in the best shape ever. He went to the gym. He was in the gym for four hours. He literally turned into a T-Rex. He could not move his arms. And then he, we, he, we were over his house the next day and he was trying to flip eggs. And he was literally like doing this. He couldn't Crazy. move one part. And it just, I, whenever I hear what you just said, I always think of him and the T-Rex arms. And it's like, no, you can't do it all. And then mm -hmm. what did he do? He never went back to the gym, right? Yeah. He was like, this is way too hard. So yes, you got to start small. I love that. And then that perfectionism. That's when I struggle with, and it's so true. Like, just take the, and where I go to with that is just take the action. Like, don't try to be perfect. Don't try to over plan mm -hmm. it. Don't try to be like, I'm going to, you know, I, I need to do this and I have to have it all worked out. Just, just start taking the actions. And like you said, anything is better than zero. And then going back to what we were talking about habits, then you start doing it more and more. You start to build a little momentum. You start to feel good. Sure. That goodness builds more action. And then before you know it, you're doing more and more of that and you're helping yourself out. Totally. I love that. I love that. So, um, so yeah. And so going back, so this, you want to talk about the most recent book that you're currently working on and what it's about, what you're getting. Yeah. Into? So the, the most recent one, um, is called soundtracks and it's about overthinking. So me and mm. the PhD studied overthinking, um, because we did a, a big survey and asked 10,000 people if they struggle with overthinking and 99.5% of people said yes. So as an author, whenever you find a topic that 99.5% of people raise their hand for, you write that book. So we spent two one. years going, okay, how do we, like, what does it take to really reduce your overthinking? What do you do with it? Um, this year, I mean, gosh, like, we, like everyone's overthinking this year and we haven't even hit the worst part yet, the election. Um, and so it, it, that one comes out in April and I'm super excited about that one. It's called Soundtracks and it's about the soundtracks you listen to. Um, and I think that it's going to be fascinating to see how people are able to go, okay, what are the things that I'm listening to? How do I change them? How do I improve them? How does that, like we've talked about this whole call, lead to new actions? How does that help with the results? Um, so yeah, I think that one's going to be a lot of fun, but it doesn't come out until April. You can yeah. pre-order it already because Amazon is like nice. that. Um, nice. But yeah, it's on uh, Soundtracks. It's John Acuff. Uh, Soundtracks. Yeah, I, I just wrote I'm that down too. That. I might have to get both those books. You just told there me you go, a two pack. A twofer. Um, if you don't mind, I, I don't know if you don't want to talk too much about it since it hasn't come out, but I, I'm fascinated by this topic. Um, oh, yeah. It's not something a lot of people talk about, but our brains are always going. 
right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you look at this world that we're in right now, regardless of what political side you're on, regardless sure. of where you stand on certain topics, I think we can all agree things are just pretty crazy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. For lack of a better term. And, you know, there's a lot of division. There's you versus me. There's you're bad, I'm good. There's, there's I do it this way, you do it that way. Um, you know, th people just see things so differently. And, and we hold on to these beliefs, right? And it becomes one of these things where our, our thoughts literally create who we are, just like I was saying earlier, yep. the equation of life. And we're going to hold on for dear life to these things. If anybody challenges that or says otherwise, um, you know, then we're going to feel like they're challenging us as and then our ego gets involved. And it's like, well, mm -hmm. what are you telling me that I'm basically just a bad human being because I believe, and, and it's the way people go about things, overthinking it. And, and it's like, it's not rocket science. To me, it's very simple. It's like, hey, we all are on this earth for one thing, to be as happy as possible. We got one shot at this, unless you're, you know, a different religion, you believe you're reincarnated, mm -hmm. which is great. But we got this, this life where we want to be as happy as we possibly can. How do you do this, right? Do you want to just kind of hover above rock bottom your mm -hmm. whole life? Or do you want to like go for it? And to me, that stuff, it's, it's so fascinating that we, we overthink everything. Oh, yeah. And, and all, if, if it would just be, hey, I also know that the easiest way to get what I want in the world is to form alliances and, and form strong relationships with people. So rather than point the finger and hate and prejudice and, and do all this stuff that's going on right now in the world, I'm going to just say, hey, how do we come together and how do we work together and build momentum together and help accomplish my goals? I help you accomplish yours. And then, as you know, somebody that gives back, it, it's a magical thing. You, you help somebody and then they go out of their way mm -hmm. to help sure. you and, and do all these things. Right. And we're overthinking it. And I love that. I love that you're writing a book about this. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the first mistake is there's a lot of times when we talk about overthinking, but people tell you to stop overthinking or don't do it, get out of your head. But why would I ever turn off this beautiful, efficient machine that is my brain? Like, first of all, you're not going to be able to. It's much better to just program it with things that are helpful. Like, instead of thoughts that hold you back, thoughts that propel you forward. So, that, so that's the first thing you have to kind of think through is it's not about stopping overthinking. It's about figuring out how to use your thoughts for you versus against you. There's not this, I turn them off completely. Like that's impossible, it's not possible. which is, it's not I'm possible. And then, like people get so stressed at that because what happens is they turn them off for a minute or maybe 10 minutes or whatever. Right. And then, then they come back and they go, I failed. The new thing I tried didn't work. I better find a new thing and a new thing and a new thing. And they jump through this smorgasbord, this buffet of self-help, always trying to think, okay, I can turn off my overthinking. And my, my opinion there is I'm amazing at thinking, why would I stop that? What if instead I just thought the things I want to think and I chose my thoughts. And so that's, I mean, that's one of the core principles that came out in the research, came out in the two years of working on it. Mm. And it all, again, it all ties back to that mindset, right? Working on that, getting yeah. that mindset working for instead of against you. Um, right. Whatever we resist persists. That's a law of the universe that you can't cheat mm. or get around. So when you say, you know, don't try to stop those thoughts, like people think, I used to hear that growing up, you know, I've read a zillion self-help books and oh, totally. I, I, I've, I've, I've definitely read that several times, you know, thought stopping and whatnot, but you're, you're right. I mean, that doesn't work on its own. I mean, no, yes, it's, it's better to have a different thought that's going than to try to stop. a Like, I don't like, it's better to replace it and go, now I have this it. versus like going, I'll forever not do this. I would much rather you have, I mean, Every, like there's so many books, like Simon Sinek's why is ultimately about, uh, I know why I'm doing this thing. So I had this other thing that wasn't fulfilling, that wasn't satisfying. Now I've replaced it with this thing that really is. And it's going to drive me. I have a why. He doesn't say don't have desire. He doesn't say don't have a core. Like if you've got a bad mission, he doesn't say don't, you know, get rid of your mission. He says, find the best mission, find that one. And so mm. it's the same with your thoughts. You don't go, I hate these thoughts. I shouldn't think this way. You say, how do I want to think? And how do I build that? What do you know, how do I make sure that that's something that I, that I care about, that I'm deliberate about. And so that to me, that's, 
that's one of the keys. And I guarantee you and I have read a billion of the same books. Like we, I mean, For there's sure. a lot of overlap. In and that Simon Sinek you just mentioned, that's one of my favorite. Um, and I love how you tied that in. Yeah. I mean, connecting to your why. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just such like a higher level. Anybody that like, you know, is, is thinking up here versus down in the weeds with everybody else. I just love. And that is such one of those. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah. I mean, hundred percent, you know, connecting to your why trying to figure out, you know, right. Well, you know, what's working, what's not. And again, it kind of goes back to that, that spotlight and right. You're shining in your life and then back to habits. And it's like, okay, this okay. isn't working for me. And so the, the stop part needs to be catching yourself, but not just like you are saying it's stop. And just like an improv comedy, right? Exactly. They always add an and stop. Yep. And okay. This thought is bad. And, and then mm -hmm. what, and what's yeah. the one that we're replacing it with. And then like we were just saying with habits and stuff, and then your mind, your mind is like, it, forms habits just like anything else or I should say your mindset is a habit just like anything else and literally your mindset if you start replacing those over and over with what you actually want to be thinking it's that front-loaded thing it's not going to work at first the t-rex yep. but yep. if you stick with it then you are going to start thinking but you have to do the work like you have to do like 99% of people don't do work about how they think they assume every thought they have is true and then they just accept it. The thoughts arrive and show up on their own accord versus going, no, I control my thoughts. I'm in control of my thoughts. I own my thoughts. Um, and it's, so it's like anything else. If you and I, you know, say you and I um, were both interested in karate and for a year I took karate lessons and you didn't, guess who's going to be awesome at karate at the end of the year? I am. Like I've put in the work. So when right. people are like, I want to change my thoughts, I'm like, well, let's, let's put in the work. I want to grow a business. Well, let's put in the work. And if somebody go like, whenever somebody goes uh, like, Oh, I don't have any time to chase my dreams. I'm like, well, let me see your phone. Let's check screen time. Oh man. You did 14 hours last week on Netflix. Like that's more, that's almost two full work days. Like this isn't a mystery, dude. Like you have time. Like you, like we're all too busy. I get it. But I guarantee that there's some things you're donating time to that aren't benefiting you. And I'm not against Netflix. I like shows but I'm against anything that unknowingly takes bulk amounts of my time. Cause then I, I don't get to say like how, like when people are like, how'd you run a thousand miles last year? How'd you write seven books? Like, well, books, it was like, butt in seat and lots of words. I wrote a hundred thousand words or like probably 150,000 words so that I could write a 50,000 right. word book. Um, I ran a thousand miles in three, four mile segments. Like right. it's, and I just put in the time and it's, so it, you're right. Like, none of the stuff is we're talking about is mysterious. Like you could say, there's no, there's nothing new under the sun, whatever. But what is, is you have to do it. Like if, if people actually did the stuff that they know to do, they'd only sell one issue of men's fitness. They'd only sell one issue of cosmopolitan. They'd right. go, Hey, here's how to get abs. The end. Like they right. haven't discovered new ways to get abs. Like it's still the same, but nobody does it. So they get to sell an issue every month for the entire year. Same with Cosmo. Here's how to feel good about yourself. Okay, well, let me do the actions. If you don't do the actions, you don't get to feel good about yourself. And then next month, they're gonna have an article that's like, no, these are the even right. better ways to feel right. good about yourself. But I'm guilty. I got a golf, I got a golf magazine sitting right here. Uh, it's something I'm trying to get back into. And it's gonna work on your swing. I, Seven you'll, read, new ways. you'll read one, one way. And then there's the exact, yeah. and you're just like, what am I doing here? I'm yeah, just gonna exactly. right? Just exactly. learn what works for you. But, and the elephant in the room with all this is, you know, it's getting harder and harder to, to do that work. And, you know, I talk in terms of discipline and, yeah. you know, like our, 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 we were talking about ancestors earlier, you know, your great grandfather, you may not know his name, guess what? He had a lot more discipline and, and a much yeah. stronger work ethic than you do. It's just, it, and it doesn't make you a bad person and you can change that, but we're naturally as a society living in this instant generation where you can literally hit a button and get anything you want delivered yeah. within a day. Yeah. You can get yourself delivered anywhere you want. Like there's nothing you can't have. And it's becoming, it's, it's this, it's becoming this thing where, and especially I feel bad for the gen, the, the, the generation coming up. I got a four and a one-year-old, um, you know, and, and the Gen Zers, I'm mentoring some kids from college and, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that they just, I don't want to, I, and, and then you get like the people that are saying, oh, well, those, they just expect everything handed to them. And it's like, no, you got to look at the root. We're yeah. in this failure loop, right? And it's not that they expect everything to be handed to them because for a big part, it has been. And they mm -hmm. just, they have everything at, the, at their fingertips. And it's like, 
unless you, we can learn, they, you know, that changes and they learn to develop discipline and say, okay, this is what is going to help me to become the happiest and best version of myself and get me the things that I really want in life. These are the, these are the things I have to do and I'm going to mm -hmm. do them through hell or high water, rain or shine, no matter what, until they start, you know, and that's not something you can just tell somebody or sell them for nine ninety nine, Like you're saying, like, you know, everybody wants to, wants it now. And, and, and no, you can't get around doing the work. There's no cheat system to that. You've got to do the work. And I, I hate when I hear people talking about how now, you know, and, and these men, just like you said, I mean, it's our society and it's the failure yeah. loop we're in men's health, you know, Oh, here, just do this. And they're making millions and billions of dollars off of the fact that they know these, and I call them the 95 percenters versus the five percenters. They know that mm. most, the majority of people aren't going to do the work and they want that low hanging fruit that they can grab real quick and feel better about themselves but that that fruit's going to spoil real quick and they're going to be back. To yeah. I mean, the well, thing like with kids, let's just, cause you mentioned that. Um, I always tell people, if you want a kind 16 year old, teach a six year old kindness and give them 10 years to practice. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. So like whenever a boomer CEO tells me, Oh, that millennials are lazier and entitled. I think, well, let me talk to the people who raised them. Oh wait, that's you. Like the call is coming from inside. <laughs> that's exactly right. You gotta like, go to the root. So it's, it's not, you know, I think technology is amazing. I think, I mean, we're able to do this. This is awesome. Like, but there's also like, take for instance, my oldest daughter, when she wanted to be on TikTok, she had to prepare a PowerPoint presentation and, and, and present it to her, to my mom, uh, to her mom and I, like right. she had to have some skin in the game. That wasn't a given. Like she had to go, here's why, here's who I follow. Here's how I'm going to use it. Here's like, she had to have some skin in the game. And so like, you look at that and go, okay, well, that's how, like, I want her to know that. I want her to understand the cost of things. I want her to grow things. Like I want her, I think, you know, but, but again, we live in a very instant kind of culture and I get that. And somebody said once, like, if the internet, if a shovel had the whole internet on it, the Brooklyn bridge never would have been built because they would have been distracted. And so we do live in a generation where, I didn't have to worry about that. I didn't, I'm older than you, but like, I didn't have those same temptations, but it's our job as parents, it's our job as leaders to go, hey, it is challenging. There are entire teams like of experts trying to build things that distract you to buy their product. Like right now, that's not like exaggeration. I've been in advertising. Like we had two-way mirrors and would study which way your eye moved on a screen so that we knew which way to put the, you know, the blinking part of the website. So you have to know like the odds are stacked against you. It's up right. to you to go, okay, here's what matters. Here's the discipline. Like is discipline fun? No, like, of no. course not. Like the reward is the after is. And if you'll push through that, you get to experience that. It's front loaded. And, and, and just to, to tie onto that, it, it, it is fun. Just not at first, because what happens yeah. is, you know, I call it the failure loop versus the success loop you're in this failure loop and it's just you you're stuck in it and then you start to shift and then you start to have some successes you start to build confidence you start to get that dopamine and that feel good and then you want to take more action and then you want to do these things and then again at a certain point it kind of becomes automatic and you're doing these things like working out or being proactive with your relationships or you know whatever it is in, in these courses these good habits that are helping you build that momentum every day and it doesn't even feel like work anymore Right. So it's not like I think it's important to tell people, you know, it's not like your entire life you're going to be like trudging. They got to know it's, no, it's, in, no. it's in the beginning. And but then it, you can push past it. And, and there's also there's the whole friction thing where like if you hate running, don't make running your yeah. thing for physical. Fitness. Don't do something you enjoy. Like, right. Do, Reduce like, the friction. Right. Yeah. No. If you I mean, that was one of the lessons in finish. There's a whole chapter. We studied fun and the, the role fun has in, in goal production performance, like for companies, ROI. No, fun has tremendous value. And especially in Western culture, we don't think it counts. So people, mm -hmm. you know, if you ask people, tell me the you know, five words you think of when you think of a goal, they say hustle, grind, sacrifice, willpower, discipline. They never go joy, laughter, engagement. And so Good like, point. yeah, if you like to dance, go dance as your exercise. Like you don't have to do somebody else's version. If you hate running by all, I, I sold my bike. I had a, like I overspent in a dumb way on a bike, like on a road bike. Cause I was like, I'm going to be a cyclist. And like, 
I rode it 600 miles and it sat on my wall for like six months because I, I just hated it. Like, yeah. I hate any sport that involves getting hit by cars. Like, just as a rule. Like, <laughs> I, a friend of mine got hit three times in three months. Like, I don't want to do a sport where it's you just go like, yeah, occasionally you get hit by a car. Nope. Like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. There's plenty I would of love others. to run. There's plenty of other sports I can do. Like, that didn't work for me. I'm selling it. We're good. We're moving on. So, yeah, you have to figure out. But you're not, yeah, you're right. You're, it's not, you're not trudging through the whole time. You go through seasons where it's like, okay, I got to learn this new thing and it's a little uncomfortable and I'm going to kind of grow from there and it's going to be really fun and there's some fun mixed in. So yeah, it's, it's a mix for sure. That's exactly right. And, and what you and I can both guarantee everybody watching this is that that reward is so worth it. That's great. And, you know, you got into, you were talking, started talking in rewards earlier and many and the goals and mini goals and how you don't want to make it too big. Right. You just set those mini, have, have a master plan. Goals are so important. You got, I, I mean, just, I, I, you know, because you wrote a book on it, but I, you know, I'm always preaching to the choir. Like you got to have goals. It's the only way I got where I got, totally. but you don't want it to be like, okay, I'm going to be like some ridiculously insane thing and then have nothing in between. You're never going to yeah. get there. Right. You got to yeah. have those small ones that lead up to that, but at least, you know, the big picture where you want to end and you may pivot and you may switch and that's great. Yeah. Um, but just know that's going to happen, but you got to have those little morsels that you, you get in the meantime that feel good. Otherwise. A hundred percent. I mean, I talked to a, a, a marathon trainer and she said, you don't run a marathon. You run um, a 5k. And then like, right. so you go to, you go to run your race, even on race day, you're running a 5k first and you go, okay, I can do a 5k. And then you're running a 10k and you're like, okay, I can do a 10k. And then you, and you're stacking the entire race. You're never going, I have to run 26.2 miles. You're saying there's many races inside this big one. And that's, you know, and that's the mentality that gets you. Like, I don't write a book. I write a chapter. Um, and, you know, I've chaptered my way to seven books. And so if you said to me at the mm -hmm. beginning, like, you have to write a book, that'd be overwhelming. Like, that'd be intimidating. Yes. Like, I don't, like, that's too much for me all at once. I'd much yeah. rather do small things. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's so, that's so, and, and, you know, people hear that and sometimes it goes in one ear out the other. I've said it so many times, guess I've had, you're saying it again, like oh, people, yeah. please, like, just, just don't try to, to, to build Rome in a day. Just start small, pick, pick, pick a few little things. And then what happens, which is cool is when you start to have some successes with things, then it's your mindset starts to automatically grow as well. And then that makes yeah. you want to go, okay, well, I did well over here with my physical health and, I'm gotten a little bit, you know, uh, I'm getting leaner. I'm getting stronger. I've got more energy. Then you want to go out and you want to build your relationships. Then you want to go totally. out and you want to kick ass on your career and your finances. Then you want to Well, that's go why out. there's five core. Like you guys talk about five cores. Like right. I, so finish, like I get books that my favorite shelf is a shelf of books. People read my book, finish, and then finish their own book. So I get sent books once a week from people that nice. go, I read finish and I was able to finish my own book and, and I like, that's my favorite shelf, but I also get invitations to doctorate uh, graduations. I get photos of weight loss. I didn't write a weight loss book, but what happens is when you discipline one part of your life, discipline begets discipline and you go, okay, if it worked yeah. over here, how do I work it over here? And the problem is most times we do verticals in our life where I'll meet people that go, I don't know how to lose weight. And I'll say, well, tell me about another time you won. They'll go, oh, I'm really good at my finances. And I'll say, well, take the wins from that and apply it to the weight loss goal. Like, mm -hmm. but people stay in these verticals and mm -hmm. never learn from each vertical, which is why, yeah, it's one. That's why whenever like somebody's like, oh, this person's a billionaire. And then they go, he's been married five times. I'm like, nope, like I'm good. Like, I don't like, that's not what I'm aiming for. Like, I'm not like, there's a, there's wreckage in their life. That's not like, one vertical is crushing. I want to be across the verticals. Like I want like part of being successful for me is that my wife loves me and my kids want to come back when they're grown up. Like if my kids hate me at the end of me building my business, I built a sucky business. Like exactly I have, right. like I, and it's not been worth it. Cause like I can always get more money. I don't like, I got one shot on their childhood. Right. So yeah, you got it. Like you it's have good to balance. That's why I always talk about there's five cores and you got to balance them. You can't just go all in on no. four. No, because you crush the other ones. The other ones will suck. Like, you could, I mean, we, you and I both know some amazing workaholics who are headed to early heart attacks. Like, mm -hmm. and, and they just are. Like, and you go, like, dude, that's like, you're, you're crushing this one area, but this other I area that you're ignoring. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. I, I, yeah. yeah, my old business. I mean, and, and it wasn't until I was able to get out and, and, and you know, we were fortunate enough to have an exit on it. 
and step back, I literally felt like an anchor uh, was standing. No, an entire boat was taking off yeah. my shoulders, right? Yeah, and I and I was like, holy cow! Like, do I never want to do that again? But when when you're in it, it's so hard to see. You need other just people. like I have to. You need, what do you mean? There's no other. You choice. need other people. Like you can't do it solo. Like yeah. somebody said, it's impossible to read the label when you're inside the bottle. And the problem is successful people will often isolate themselves. That's like one of the best things my dad ever told me was mm. have people around you that aren't on your payroll because they're the only ones who can tell you the truth. Like, but what happens is a leader blows up a company in a great way and their only connections are people that work for them. And they can tell you partial truth, but they're always going to go, if I tell him or her the real truth, I could lose my job and my mortgage and my family. So I'm going to pull back and tell them just what they kind of want to yeah. hear. And then that lead, like it's over, dude, like it's, it's over. over. You're going to make the worst. Like I always tell people leaders who can't be questioned end up making questionable decisions. So show me a business that fell, show me a church that fell, show me anything that was toxic. I'll show you a leader who is isolated and couldn't be told the truth. Like that one's not confusing. I, I absolutely love that. And I mean, yeah, every point that you're making. Yeah. I mean, we're very, I, I knew we would be. Um, and again, it ties to, it's, it's not like, you know, you and I aren't these like wizards from, you know, time travels back from a thousand years from now that have all the answers. There's universal truths in this world. And if you learn them, and, and, and you start applying them to your life and, you know, you're going to, they're going and, and you stick that discipline, like we're saying, you stick to them, you're going to see results. But I, I think another big problem is a lot of people just don't know what the heck to listen to, because as we were saying earlier, especially now, there's a zillion things flying at you, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, I mean, how many, you know, all the news and now your news follows you because it says this is what he likes. And then the, you know, and, and then yeah. it further pro further polarizes and actually puts you into that whatever box you may have started to be in. And it's like, what do you listen to? Who do you listen to? And that's what the book that I'm writing, it's just, that's, that's, it's literally everything that I've read and everything that I've learned in my life over this span is I've put as much into it in terms of just, these are universal principles. And I tried to just do the, the biggest ones. And then, you know, mm. there's, there's ones that surround, but like, sure. This is one you got to get, you got to start versus, you know, one guy says, just like we're saying with men's fitness, right? It's like, oh, and golf, that's golf magazine. This guy says you should swing this way. This guy says you should swing this way. How are you ever going to make progress when you don't even know what you're not confident in what to start taking action on? Part of it is like you test it out in your own life. That's the other thing. Right. Like advice is like, advice is never a hundred percent. I saw somebody who I love and respect say, here's 11 ways to be happy. And seven of them disagreed with my life. So like one of his was never text with anybody except friends. I text with clients. If I told a client, like, you don't get to text me, they'd be like, well, we're not, no, like we're not going to be your client then. Like a right. lot of his rules for being happy were rules for his exact life. So you have to, as an adult, sort through and go, these principles work for that person. Like these two of their principles work for me. These other ones, that's great for them. It's not for my life. Like you have to kind of custom create. There's definitely universal things where you go, if you look for something, you'll find it. If you surround yourself with wise people, you get wiser. It's almost impossible not to. If you surround yourself with idiots, you become dumber. Like there's definitely things that are just true because they're true, but you also have to go, I look at these 10 things from this entrepreneur, this guru, and I go, yeah, two of those work for me. These other eight, like, nope, not my personality, not my strength, not my career, not my stage of life. You have a four-year-old. If I tried to give you parenting advice from a person who has a 16-year-old, we'd be in a very different place. And you'd go, nah, dude, that doesn't, that doesn't work for me. Like, so, for me uh, yeah, so I'm sorry to cut you off. Like, I, I love this conversation and I, I want to get into this slightly. So this is super important. And I'm glad you said that because I realize I say that sometimes. And what you just interpreted as, which I don't blame you, it was slightly different from what, what I meant. And obviously, if you read the book sure. that I'm writing, it's clear. But what I'm saying, basically, is that there's these, call, I call it the base principles to springboard off of. And then, mm -hmm. like, there's certain ones, like you were saying, um, you know, uh, do unto others. Okay, that's, that's what. Yeah. But oh. you've got to cut every, but you customize each one, right? You can't, I'm not going to write a book with, like, like you just said, this guy, 11 principles to, those all have a root. 
all those that he's talking about have a root and they spring from an original principle, right? And this is just his way of doing it, right? This is your way of doing it. Yeah, his and was that's like the, the root point. was have boundaries. So he was, you know, that was probably his root, but his execution of it exactly would right. have destroyed my business. You so can't I'm blanket go... tell everybody to do it the way you're doing. That doesn't exactly. work. We're exactly. all different creatures, but yep. you, but that you just but to hit have it. a boundary. You're right. Is a root principle that is helpful that is true you know and do it in your own way right yep. and, yep. and you're gonna and there's gonna be some push there's gonna be some pull you're gonna get some crap from your family totally. you know but you're gonna figure it out and then you're gonna be like okay this is this is just the right amount but by yeah. that right it, it drives me nuts when i see people write stuff like that because it's just like no you can't yeah well you it's know. not i mean yeah it's it kind of like i talked to a single mom she's got three teenagers and she said, I hate these 23-year-old gurus who tell me I should learn 10 new skills during the pandemic. She's like, I'm barely holding together a house with three teenagers. Right. I'm a single mom. Like don't, like, don't shame me that I'm not picking up 10 hobbies. Because if I'm 23 and I don't have three teenagers I'm trying to raise as a single right. mom, it's easy for me to go, you've got to learn 10 new hobbies, as if everybody is in the same exact right. bubble I am. Now, we could trace it back to the core of, like, you should always be learning something new. Agreed. I think everybody agrees with that. So yeah, I think we're, I think we're saying the same thing. That's exactly right. Yeah. I'm, I, I love, yes. Um, and I, I actually am glad we had this conversation because it made me realize that um, I need to emphasize that part of it. And when I'm talking about it, because oh, yeah, I yeah. think it's easy oh, yeah. to just sort of say, well, yeah, there's all these universal principles, but that yeah. one doesn't apply to me. That one doesn't, but you go to the root and that's why I was saying there's just a certain, you know, it, it's not like an infinite amount. There's just a certain amount. And I've tried to, try to find as many as I could, not in like a Ray Dalio principles sure. type, boom, boom, right. boom, boom, which isn't fun to read. Uh, no offense against him. He's, I actually met him in person. He's an awesome dude. And it, mm -hmm. the book is amazing. But to me, what if you want to get to the youth today, like you're saying, you got if you want to start them young and have them grow into that adult, to that young adult that's actually part of the solution and not mm -hmm. the problem, you got to hit people differently than you used to be able to. You can't get away with writing a 500-page book anymore that people are going to read. You know, a handful no. of people will, but for the masses, it's got to be interesting. Have story. I'm, yep. I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here. Um, somebody who's who's done seven books and I haven't yeah. even written my first one, but yeah, I'm doing it in a relatable, fun. Like, here's a story that ties to this principle. Now, how does this apply to your life? In your life, What's what does that, it look like? Yeah, right. What does it look like, and what is that failure habit that you got to mm -hmm. stop, and the success habit to replace? Sure, it? totally. Dude, this has been unbelievable. We went longer yeah, than fun. we normally do, but this was really good. I could talk to you for hours. Um, well, I'm glad the you. tech worked out. I'm glad it worked out, dude. And in, other than that little bit in the beginning, it ended up being yeah, we smooth, did it. and we can probably eject that. So yeah, this will be the we'll, we'll be look, cutting out little snippets and putting it on Five Core Life, some of the highlights, awesome. and then we'll we got a podcast. And I'll get um, your I'll get your address and give you a new copy of the book when it's when it's around. Uh, I appreciate I think that'd that. be fun. Yeah. Totally. And shoot me uh so you just okay, I have your text. Yeah, I want to get your email too. I have a couple of questions. So real quick, do you self-publish or do you publish traditionally? Uh publish traditionally. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then um off camera I, I have a couple of questions. I'm sure, dude. You. Yeah, if there's anything I've learned, let me know. Appreciate it, man. Well, thanks awesome. for dropping some knowledge. Yeah, on us, dude. John. Good stuff, brother. See you, buddy. Okay, talk soon. That's it for today's episode of the Five Core Live Podcast. If you have not already, please follow and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. And of course, if you got a ton of value and you think someone else in your network might as well, share the podcast so others can enjoy. That's it. Now it's time for you to go fire on all cylinders. See you next time. Get moving. Build momentum. Join the movement. Go to moremomentum.com to take a free life evaluator quiz on where you currently stand in each of your five cores.